Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hello, podcast fam. How's it going? (laughs) Today, it's Wednesday, September the 25th. It is currently 8 a.m. in the morning, which is a little late for me to be starting on the mic. Uh, (laughs) But I've had a a really crazy couple of weeks, Uh, most specifically yesterday, huge day. I'm not sure if anyone saw on my IG stories, but I was at this super crazy, really cool motorcycle racetrack all day watching like insane people racing motorcycles. I don't do this very often. This was actually my second track day ever. I was there as like the support slash pit crew for Michael and his dad. And it was so much fun. If you saw it on my stories, it was really cool. Uh, But now I'm exhausted. (laughs) Well worth it though. Uh, One of those like, uh, I'm okay to be tired uh, sort of moments. But that being said, there there is a subject that I want to talk about. Uh, it's pretty clear. I wanted. It's actually a continuation of my latest blog post on Instagram. So if you haven't read it, feel free to go check it out on IG at at Elisa Curry Lowitz. It's the post that's titled "Weight Loss." Okay, so read it, give it a like, leave a comment. By the way, I love all the comments I get from everyone because it helps me stay connected to you, you know? Because with podcasting, I have no idea what anyone thinks about the topics. (laughs) It's very one-sided over here. I've said this before, but so leave a comment on my Instagram and share your thoughts because I love it. Anyhow, the post, it starts off with this. I'm just gonna read it. It starts off with, It takes a certain willingness to change. We are who we are because of patterns and learned behaviors, positive and negative. So what are you willing to trade off to get the results you want? Okay, and then it continues on. So believe it or not, this isn't a loaded question. What are you willing to trade off? It kind of implies that there's gonna be some suffering there, which may happen, uh, but it's not loaded. Uh, I I think I'm going to get back to that a little bit later, but uh, because I want to continue with my post, it talks about it's titled weight loss because it talks about how several years ago I used to weigh like 230 pounds. I was technically 85 pounds overweight um, and I speak about how I was able to lose the weight and then keep it off. Okay, so in short, how I changed my body because of how I changed my mind. Okay, so was it hard? Yes and no. And I think that that is the branch of this post that I want to talk about. The difficulty of change and our willingness to change. Now, this podcast isn't going to be about weight loss necessarily, but... I will include that because 
it's sort of like a big, it was like one of the biggest shifts that I made in my life personally, so I can relate to it easily. And I think a lot of people can sort of relate to weight loss or losing weight or feeling fat or feeling stuck in their, their bodies and their body confidence. Um, and in order to lose weight, something or some things have got to change, right? <laughs> um, so in my life, let me re- rephrase. As I lived my life, I learned how to be fat. I learned this. I learned how to find comfort with food from whatever the case may be. So I don't know, in my case, it was from shame, from failures, from feeling abandoned, um, these types of things. It was such an unconscious and natural progression (laughs) to fill the void with food that I didn't even realize that I had developed these habits. I didn't even realize that I was grabbing the bag of chips or grabbing, uh, putting extra butter on the popcorn, um, which aren't bad. These are not bad things to do. Um, However, I had created bad habits with them because of how consistently I was doing, how I wasn't balancing or managing my diet in a healthy way. And therefore I was gaining weight. I was feeling tired. I was feeling uh, um, heaviness, depression, clouded uh, thoughts in my mind. Like my brain was cloudy. Uh, It was hard for me to focus. focus. And I, I just like, I was unhappy. So I didn't realize that this was the beginning of a very unhealthy relationship between myself, you know, my confidence, my self-respect, my self-love and, and food, like no clue. So changing my behavior during the urges to comfort myself was a battle. Okay. So was it hard? Yes. In that sense, like changing my behavior during the urges. We all know when we feel the craving or the urge to do something that we know is not good for us, but we do it anyways. So like, how do we start to shift out of that pattern? It's a, it's like, uh, this is, this is a massive topic. I think I, I just had an aha moment for myself. Crazy. Cause, cause, because I felt resistant to change in so many ways, so many ways. This is because I identified with my, I don't know, let's call them past traumas. I was identified to the shame and failure. It actually gave me my sense of self. So letting that go, what did that do? That left me in the dark. So that was a terrifying concept, which I had already learned with the Olympics. So when I missed the Olympics, I was identified to that word Olympian. I lost my sense of self. That was sort of the beginning of of all of this. And it transitioned. I started to find my sense of self again through my habits, through reaching for that bag of chips. Okay, so eating to comfort gave me a sense of self. I was in control. I felt good. It felt so good to eat. I mean, I love food. It felt so good to overindulge every single day, despite the way my body felt afterwards or how I suffered with it. Healing, another word for change for for um, the record, requires 
work. It required me to work a little bit. (laughs) But when we are so set in our ways and we can't take responsibility for our actions, it's nearly impossible to even know where to start. How do you even begin to heal? For me, I was so lost in the past that I didn't realize that by eating unhealthy food uh, day after day, I was further failing my body. I was abandoning myself. I was keeping myself in the shame. That was on me. It was me who continued to bring the past trauma forward to relive and re-torture and re-shame myself. So who's ever done that? You like have a really bad experience and you think about it and all of those emotions come flooding back as though you are in that moment, okay? However, you're no longer in that moment. You're bringing the past into the now, okay? This is where my cycle of behavior uh, was was this is what I kept doing so this was causing me further hardships right um I I, and I was responsible it I I did it all I I didn't know that I was doing it (laughs) or how it was affecting me um and and when I take responsibility for myself I'm actually not adding blame to the story so I I realized that I needed to take responsibility for myself Taking responsibility does not mean adding blame. I'm not blaming myself, okay? Responsibility doesn't mean that I'm bad, okay? This is a big big one, okay? It doesn't mean you're bad. When you take responsibility for yourself, it means you are owning who you are. It means you are stepping in to yourself, regardless of what anyone thinks, okay? Um, and being able to take responsibility for yourself is what makes dis- one of the main factors of what makes decisions challenging or not. Okay, how much blame or shame or drama are we adding to the process of change? So, what are you willing to trade off in order to get the results you want or to live the life you want? That's a fucking tough question. <laughs> it's a scary question. Uh, and I believe it's so scary for many of us, including me, because of our conditioning, right? Our conditioning of what change actually is and what it means. We talk about change. Oh, yeah, I've changed that or I can do this. But are you really changing or are you just, you know, making it look a little bit different? So what do we want to change in the first place? If we don't change Are we continuing in our suffering or are we perfectly content to remain in this place that we're at, right? Um, So let's get right into this because change is such an interesting word. I've already used several synonyms here, heal being one of them, shift being another. Um, And even in, in using those earlier, like I just said them, my body and my mind, you know, has this little ting of resistance, okay? So let me ask you, who out there loves change? Who loves change in their life? I know there are many people out there that love it. Who hates it? (laughs) What does change even mean? Because yeah, there is definitely positive change and negative change. Some people just love positive change, but they hate the negative stuff, right? And how are we navigating through this in life and how are we identifying to it 
Okay. Big, that's a big word here. How are we identifying to the change? So you can change so many things in your life. You can change a light bulb. You can change your job, your home, your lover. You can change your clothes, your cars, your habits. I don't know. In my case, my body. You can change your body. You can change your thoughts. You can change your mind. Okay? You can literally change anything in your life. Anything. Change is happening every second of the day, whether you are aware of it or not even your body. Let's talk about this for one second from a different perspective. Um, I made a post a long time ago about this and I just, I love it. So um, when we're talking about our bodies, we've always, like you have always been you, right? You have lived your life in your body your whole life, (laughs) right? However, your body is not the same body it was when you were born, let's just say. The body you had when you were born is not the same body you have right now. It's not the same body you had when you were a teenager, right? So our bodies are changing. It's not the same body it was yesterday. This is an example of change that's occurring in us that we are remarkably unaware of. Yes, there are some slow changes. You see the weight adding on. You see the weight coming off. You see your hair getting longer, your nails, these types of things. But if you think back to when you were a teenager, it's it's remarkable how we are unaware of the process in which we are continuously changing. I love, I love that. It's just a neat little perspective. Uh, it's just a neat little perspective. Now, some changes are tiny, like we little shifts, and others are massive explosions in our lives that, you know, every single person will react to um, consciously or unconsciously different, right? So some people love changing, they thrive in it, and others completely hate it, like me. Okay, I admit it. I hate it. It produces stress and anxiety, uh, even in the the conceptual phase. So just the thought of changing something in my life creates this immediate feeling of like overwhelm. I it's literally immediate. I just feel like, ah, what do I do? <laughs> so like the concept of change. So not even change itself, just the concept can throw people for a loop. Okay, example, Uh, uh, I've worked so hard in my life. What would happen if all my things disappear or if my relationship dissolves or if I lose my job? So just the thought of that can create stress. Okay, the change part hasn't even happened and we're pulling in suffering and stress, right? Interesting. And then then there are those of us who feel stuck. That's sort of the place that I lived the majority of my late 20s and early 30s. It's that place where we want change and we want things to be different, but we either have no idea how to do it or just feel as though wishful thinking may maybe hopefully will work. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times I prayed to God. I begged for things like I can't even tell you. So 
How many people out there have ever sat with themselves and have wished that things were different? I bet that every single person listening today has experienced this in one way or another on many different levels with a 0% chance of a magic genie appearing. Okay, right? Like, I would say things like, I just want it to be like this meaning I just want this person to behave differently or I want to make this much money or I wish I had this job or that car or that my thighs were thinner, okay? So it was this loop of the things that I wanted to do or I wished for, but there was no like action or responsibility following this wish. I just wanted it for nothing. So I personally have gone through many, many phases in my life where I just wished so hard that things were different because I was unhappy. Yet, and this is a kicker, I didn't have the willingness to change. In fact, it didn't even occur to me that it was me who needed to change in the first place. I was on a mission to change the people in my life because obviously it was their fault (laughs) that I was unhappy. (laughs) And I essentially develop these patterns to manipulate people in my life to get what I want. Hey, you get it? I was so far from the ability to take responsibility for myself and my learned thoughts and my learned behavioral patterns and reactions and actions that I was constantly making my struggles and my unhappiness about everyone around me. Okay, everyone. Now, I want to say that there is nothing wrong with this. <laughs> okay, this this place that I was at, this this is where many, many people live. And I, and I know that this is resonating with many of you guys listening, that this is this doesn't mean you're bad. You're not bad if you catch yourself, you know, manipulating or you probably don't think you're manipulating. You probably just think that this is normal behavior uh, or let's just say blaming others for how you feel. This is perfectly fine way to live your entire life if you choose. So if you're one of those people who's always trying to change others to fulfill a need within you, then ding, 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 ding. This is a red flag that you have some personal healing to do. If you are willing to change, there is a better way out there. If you are willing to heal or are at a place to accept that you have wounds, this is beautiful. This is a beautiful place. This, that is okay. It takes time. It takes awareness and practicing being aware and present in your mind and body to begin the spiritual journey. This is kind of like the beginning of spirituality, this willingness to change like at your core. I'm not talking about changing the brand of toothpaste that you use or or that. I mean, it could come down to that, actually. It could come down to that. But what I'm I, I'm mostly talking about the willingness to change uh, at the spiritual level within us. So for me, I had a wake up call. I recognized that I was suffering. I talk about it all the time and that I was the one pulling in the drama into my life because of the way I thought. Uh, because of the way I behaved and the way I reacted to things, period. Okay? However, prior to that moment of realization, I believed that every single one of my emotional triggers 
were all because of other people and how they treated me. I used to blame people, judge people, throw people under the bus. Like in like two seconds, I'd be throwing someone under the bus <laughs> because I had to prove myself. I was proving myself no matter what the cost. I needed to feel like superior or better, you know, uh, to other people and project this superiority <laughs> and I would do it and I would sometimes say really awful things in order like to get my way. Uh, it, it, it's fucked actually to think about it, some of the things I used to do, but like I, I just had this like sense that life was so hard, right? It made me feel like life was so hard. I was constantly like in battle with people to prove who I was. I was like the person that refused to go to therapy too or seek help or support because that was like, quote unquote, weakness. (laughs) I think that's actually so funny now that I say it out loud. Um, Except, you know, in the meantime, I would read and watch Oprah and I would read like, amazing books and inspirational quotes. And I'd, I'd hear these great inspirational messages. Um, and as I was hearing them or reading them, I would have at least like 32 people on my list that I thought have to read this or that they should read this or they, you know, they have to get this through their head. And if they read this, then maybe they will show up for me the way I want them to. Okay, how many people out there have been in the same boat when you read like the best book ever and you apply it to everyone but yourself? I used to use motivational books and articles and quotes to manipulate people, right? Because I wanted to make them see you know, make them see how much they're hurting me or how they need to change because, you know, I am so upset. They make me so angry that it's them that needs to change, right? All because I, which I see now, was afraid to look inside of myself or, you know, face the wounds that I had buried. I, I used to do I used to do this all the time, most specifically in romantic relationships. Like I projected my shit onto my ex-husband all the time. I take responsibility for that. I was also projecting my shit onto like my friends and my family and my coworkers, like at work, how I would manipulate people. Um, And for the most part, this is an interesting thing. Uh, For the most part, I wanted pity. I wanted people to feel bad for me, okay? (laughs) And then I wanted them to give me permission to continue to wallow in my pity. I had this like sad sob story of my life and I, I wanted pity. I wanted my partner or partners to take responsibility for hurting me. This is your fault, now make it better. I wanted them to take responsibility for not loving me the way I wanted them to. That was a big lesson, (laughs) okay? I wanted them to take responsibility for not loving me the way I wanted them to. This, of course, is adding conditions and obligations to love, which, as a matter of fact, is ass backwards and not loving at all. Uh, I wanted I wanted people to see that I I was struggling. I wanted to be seen. I wanted people to see. I wanted to be validated. Now, circling back to like the wishful thinking part, its peak for me was right around that rock bottom in two thousand and nine. It's 
crazy that that was like 10 years ago. Wow. Um, it was, you know, that point where I'd completely given up hope and I was like surrendering my life in, in a certain way so that others could choose for me. This is also a form of change. So when we're not willing to take responsibility for ourselves, we are indirectly allowing other people to make decisions for us, right? Um, and then we can use that to to manipulate them in return for making them making us feel so shitty. Um, we'll also con- like consistently feel out of control, and this creates this like war, this battle in our minds. And we're manipulating people to try and feel validated because of it. Like I, I was giving up so I, so that I could save face in some ways and live as one of the ego's favorite personalities, the victim. <laughs> and I think I might have said this earlier. I don't know, but the victim gets a lot of attention. So I was actually getting attention during this whole time, but. Was it positive attention? Was this like life changing growth that I was experiencing with this attention? Uh, No. And why was pity what I craved? Like interesting. It's like it's like when you watch children grow up, you can understand that they're in many ways, their actions are they're looking for attention from their caretakers or from people around. They're, they're looking to be validated. Positive or negative attention is attention. And it's like the goal in a child's mind. It actually doesn't change one bit as an adult. We just have the ability to convince ourselves that we aren't behaving like children. But in many, many ways, like we are. It's the same thing. Um, and as the victim, people feel bad for you. Uh I also couldn't even comprehend that in behaving so desperately, I was manipulating people as well. Like there, that wasn't necessarily a conscious thing. Uh, the victim is a manipulator. It's a fucking good one too. It's sneaky. So when I was overweight, broke, and in a horrible relationship, I wanted someone to fix me because it was too hard to do it for myself. Change was just too hard. It was completely not even an option that I had to put the work in. So my victim brain, I believe that my struggles were clearly not my fault. Who else has been there? Okay, who else is there right now? Uh, I was the way I was because I got fucked over at the Olympic trials. Okay, this is what I believed. Now, if you have listened to my podcast about the Olympics, I think the episode's actually called Why Failure Matters. Uh, then you know how I feel about that experience today. Or should I should I say what I've now learned from that experience with my eyes wide open. However, prior to that awakening, nobody had my back or supported me. Nobody showed up for me. Okay, these are the stories I would tell myself. And, you know, gaining almost 100 pounds wasn't my fault either. It was everyone else's. I used to rehearse the following line over and over in my mind. Who else says this type of thing? Okay, it's so easy for everyone else. Hmm. And then that would lead to me comparing myself to other people, specifically women. I would say, you know, I would look at someone who I believed to have like this perfect life and I would say... 
her life is so easy. <laughs> you know, she has so much money and support and everyone likes her more than they like me. And she barely even works out and she can eat whatever she wants and never gets fat and all the guys love her. And it's so unfair. And why can't things be just easy for me? And why is life so hard? And I'm such a loser. <laughs> and I wish I was thin. I wish my breasts were bigger. I wish I had money. I wish people looked at me differently. Okay, get it? I wish I qualified for the Olympics. I wish I had a nice house. I wish I had kids. I wish I never got married. I wish a man would sweep me off my feet and take care of me. I wish I won the lottery. <laughs> I wish my feet were smaller. I wish my hair was longer. It just goes on. I wish I traveled more. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, okay? So I got a little carried away there, but my point is, is that when we're in this wishful thinking mode, we are victimizing ourselves. We are trapped in the conditioning. We are trapped in our learned patterns. And this just keeps fueling the fire that we are less than and that we are separate from everyone else and that nobody understands us or how we feel. Okay, how can you change when you're in the victim? And how does wishful thinking as the victim inspire change, inspire positive change. It doesn't. In fact, it manifests more lack in our lives because wish, wishes validate the lack we feel in our lives. Does that make sense? Yes. And when we project this lack out into the world, it returns to us as more lack, right? So today it is my belief that the weakest we are in our lives is when we wear the victim hat, period. The victim role the ego plays is the lowest vibration we can hold. And to change that, to inspire the change and create change when the veil of the victim is blinding us from the world, from the truth, it requires a certain willingness to let go of the identification to that role, okay? A certain willingness to let go of the identification to the victim. How are we identifying to the victim or to any other personality that comes forward? The judge is another good one, okay? So this is why change is so hard for everyone. It's hard because we are identifying with our learned behaviors and patterns and personalities, okay? Let's use the I am a victim statement here because just, you know, We've been talking about it for ease of conversation here. Um, when we are in the role of the victim, on a deeply unconscious level, we don't actually want positive change to occur because that would threaten who we believe we are. It would threaten the belief that we are a depressed, unhappy, angry, hard done by person. And so when the opportunity for positive change presents itself, we'll sabotage, we'll start that self-sabotaging or we'll ignore it or, or we'll pass it up. This will keep us in our suffering. It will keep us feeling in control and will ultimately strengthen our sense of self. Interesting. Thoughts on that. When a person is not identified to something, it becomes more of like a get over yourself moment or just do it, you know? <laughs> oh, I can do that. That's easy. Um, however, when our sense of self is threatened, we, we can't just do it. <laughs> like, come on. It's so hard, right? So... Uh, we believe we are a victim. We believe that we are the way we are and change is impossible so that we 
are, I don't know, unworthy of change or whatever the tale of woe is that we continue to say to ourselves in our mind, right? Like, you know, the script, we all have the script. Mine is that I'm unworthy. Um, That was a period, okay, wait. Let me go back. There was a period in my life that, you know, the rock bottom part where I actually did not believe that I was worthy to be happy or living in a loving relationship. It's fascinating to me now. I look back at that time and I I, I, I just didn't, I don't know exactly why, but I just felt so unworthy. Um, when, okay, I want to actually move into some Eckhart Tolle uh, learnings because he's a, a freaking unbelievable teacher for me. Um, a lot of the willingness to change has to do with the ego, right? Because our ego does not want to change. It wants to keep us safe and small. It wants to keep us in our box um, and it will fight. It's a tyrant. It will fight. So uh, when Eckhart Tolle speak or uh, Eckhart Tolle, I always call him Tolle. What the heck? When Eckhart Tolle speaks about the ego and about identification to self, every single time, like 800 light bulbs go off in my brain. Um, if you don't know who Eckhart Tolle is, he's the author of The Power of Now and A New Earth. He's on Oprah all the time. He is like the most fascinating human being on the planet, in my opinion. I freaking love him. Anyways, okay. This quote of his is brilliant to me. He says, the ego does not want an end to its problems because they are part of its identity. If no one will listen to my sad story, I can tell it to myself in my head over and over and feel sorry for myself and so have an identity as someone who is being treated unfairly by life or other people, fate or God. It gives definition to my self-image, makes me into someone, and that is all that matters to the ego. Okay, I find that so brilliant. So to get out of the roles the ego plays and therefore create change in your life, there needs to be a certain willingness to change one's mind about how we feel about who we are and all the ways we have learned to do things and why. There needs to be a certain level of awareness. So our ego is the part within us that resists change of any kind. Again, I've said this, but I'm going to say it again. We resist. Resistance is fear. We resist because we are afraid, afraid of what we might find out about ourselves, afraid to face our demons or to lose who we are or who we think we are. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning here. In my IG post about losing weight, I at one point in my life had identified so strongly with being a failure and to being unworthy that I looped in this role continuously. This was an unconscious loop, of course. I didn't know. Uh, But that is why I would yo-yo diet. That's why I would behave compulsively. Uh, And I was borderline obsessed with weight and with other women's figures and what they were doing and how they were doing it. And I would eat the most unhealthy food because I believed it was the only thing good in my life. And then I would drink a lot of alcohol uh, every night to numb the pain from my victim's vicious inner dialogue. You know, that you're a fat 
fucking failure dialogue bullshit, right? All of which, at the time, I believed was normal behavior. So I thought it was completely normal to do this. <laughs> but what I was doing in reality was creating a story. Uh, I was This whole thing was what I created. So there's person over there. There's me standing here. I created a story. I was comparing myself to that person and creating a fictional story about the like how their lives actually were and then comparing myself to that fictional story. I have no idea who that person is. And I was suffering. So I was creating my own suffering. Okay, the willingness to change this loop occurred in my wake up call, like the aha moment, the day I became aware for a split second. That was like, it helped me to recognize that I was not the thoughts in my head, that that I am in fact, the one who is listening to the thoughts. It was the first time I understood or witnessed the ego and it immediately brought me into the present moment. So I wanna share another quote from Eckhart Tolle. He says, To be identified with your mind is to be trapped in time. Okay, to be identified with your mind is to be trapped in time. The compulsion to live almost exclusively through memory and anticipation. This creates an endless preoccupation with past and future and an unwillingness to honor and acknowledge the present moment and allow it to be. The compulsion arises because the past gives you an identity and the future holds the promise of salvation, a fulfillment in whatever form. Both are illusions. Ah, mind blasted. So let's talk about that a little bit more in a more nor, like normal day-to-day situation. For me, I was unable to lose the weight and keep it off because I was unable to change the belief of who I was, right? And therefore, I would always gain it all back. I didn't like... I didn't necessarily find it hard to lose the weight. Like I would work super hard. I do have like skills, uh, discipline, um, those types of things to like work hard and with diet and exercise, but it was only for short periods of time. So I didn't want to change my like lifelong habits. I could do it for a short period of time, but then I would go right back into like the regular schedule programming. Why? Because this is what I knew right? This is my habits were a reflection of my self-worth and who I believe myself to be. So when I finally changed my body for good, it was because I changed my mind. And for the record, looking back, it really wasn't that hard. Okay. The hardest part was just to start, start the shift in the mind. It just required a willingness to be kind and hold compassion for myself. It really, like, it took one moment of courage to, like, step inside of myself and start making loving actions towards myself. It had nothing to do with the weight. Like, changing your life and changing the way you do things in life, it has nothing to do with the outcome. It's all the process of doing it. So it's like, it's the doing, (laughs) It's those little actions. You see, we can know all the spiritual quotes and understand how the ego works and what role we play in life. However, if we don't put it into action, if we don't put what we know into action, then we actually know nothing because change requires action. It requires a shift. It can be the tiniest 
shifts. Small shifts are actually <laughs> like the spice of life. Like they're totally okay. It's not a race. It's not a competition. I went through a very slow process to learn this. And that is how I got through it. And that is how my spiritual journey started. It started so small. I just started by, I actually started by paying attention to how I spoke to myself. Okay. That has nothing to do with losing weight and keeping it off or, you know, learning who I, uh, how to be happy and laugh every single day. I just literally started paying attention to how I spoke to myself. That's it. Then when I was ready, I moved into stopping the self-abuse here and there and replaced it with loving words and actions. Then when I was ready, I transitioned into becoming like very present and aware, especially when I was having emotional reactions in stressful situations. And I practiced paying attention and put some space between that negative emotion that used to control me and make me behave compulsively and make bad decisions. I put some space between that and and who I am in this present moment. I strengthened my ability to see that I am not the overwhelm that occurs. Yes, I said that at the beginning that change does give me that overwhelm. I I recognize that this is a lifelong practice for me. It shows up all the time. Yes, I have. I I get stressed with change. It's it's a thing for me. It's not like I don't know. I don't like to say the word easy, uh, but it's definitely something that produces uh, stress within my body. This is all learned, of course. And my awareness helps me to detach from identifying with these emotions and learned behaviors. So if you're struggling to make a decision in life or you feel stuck or you're not happy, this is a big moment for you. This is a huge moment. If you can recognize that you're stuck and you can recognize that you're unhappy in whatever the situation might be, Congratulations, because this is like the first part of awareness and of change is that acceptance like, yeah, I am unhappy. Okay, now what, what, how can I change my patterns? Even in your day-to-day activities, even in your daily routines, (laughs) are you going to keep doing the same thing every single day? And just like wish that things are different? Or are you going to follow through with some of the promises you make to yourself? Are you going to, you know, maybe change your routine in one way, shape or form? Maybe it's use a different toothpaste. (laughs) It's time to pay attention to this and look inside of you and give some compassion to you and give some love to you. So what beliefs have you learned about life that are keeping you from reaching your potential or fulfilling your dreams? I, I've completely shifted my life goals over the past few years, okay? I, I had this line. I had this plan for my life. It was this plan, and it was like, and 
It's okay to have a plan. I know a lot of people do have a plan and plans are good. Plans are totally great. Um, however, I wasn't fulfilling that plan exactly the way I had planned it. So it made me feel bad and made me feel like I couldn't do these things and that I was unworthy. It was just, my plan was actually to my detriment. Okay. So I changed that. I was always in the pursuit of more in the pursuit of power in the pursuit of success and to get out of that loop required me to rewrite the story. Now, now my life has shifted into being more present. I have a goal to have awareness and in the being, in the moment. And I wanna laugh as much as possible. I wanna love myself. I wanna love someone else. I want to love others and be kind and surround myself with people who want to share this experience with me. These are kind of like more of my priorities. Good things are coming out of, like my experiences in life have are unbelievable. Like for me, I'm learning that the best parts in life are like the little things, to be honest. It's like the smell of the coffee in the morning. And it's the look I get when I say something ridiculous and it's like the hugs and the kisses and it's making a delicious dinner okay get it these are the things like in the moment in the process of life I this is living to me like this is where I'm putting my attention not in the bullshit that's happened to me in the past or the promise of some you know better moment in the future you get it I and and in doing that and in spending more time in the present moment, I've never enjoyed life more. Like life is pretty fucking amazing right now. <laughs> Sorry, I keep swearing. Oh my god, my mom's gonna be mad. Um, and and it's all because uh, it started because of my willingness to change, to change the way I think, to change my behavior. And create action. As small as it started, it snowballs into, it has snowballed into this unbelievable thing. So I want to leave you with one more quote by Eckhart Tolle. And I didn't understand this quote the first time I heard it, or maybe even like the second and third time either. But I love it now. It helps me to let go of my attachments two things, my identification to things, or at least bring some attention to it, right? And embrace change in my life with a a sense of comfort and compassion. There's a compassion to it. This is how I see this quote, okay? So here we go. You are not in the now. You are the now. That is your essential identity. The only thing that never changes Life is always now. Now is consciousness, and consciousness is who we are. That is the equation. What do you guys think? Do you love it? You are not in the now. You are the now. (laughs) Okay, I'll leave it at that. That's all for today. Before I go, I just want to remind you all of my five-day awareness challenge. It's completely free. It's designed to help you to wake up. 
Each day you will receive a challenge that will help you to start understanding your thoughts and beliefs and will challenge the way you think in the effort to change the conditioning. Changing the story, guys. Ding, ding, ding. All you need to do is go to www.alisaunfiltered.com forward slash free challenge to sign up. alisaunfiltered.com forward slash free challenge. Again, it's free and you can start at any time. Also, if you haven't done so already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and leave a review of my show. Your support will help others find the show and keep spreading the good word. Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.